Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And in the other corner, the one, the only, weighing in at 185 pounds of pure awesomeness, Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? You got to add some more weight to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing pretty good, man. Just enjoying life. Um, It's hot than a fucking day, but uh, we're enjoying it. That's what air conditioning is for. That's the truth. That's the truth, man. Same here in Pennsylvania. It's been sweaty as hell, but uh, you know what? It's summertime and that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Why is it, why does it always get hot, like right at the end of summer? Like during all summer, it's, it doesn't get hot. But when you're getting to August, it's like hot as shit. And you know, it's going to be cold tomorrow. Like, why does it do that? I don't know, man. I think it's the contrast. I know we just had that uh, hurricane come up the coast and we got a bunch of rain from it and flooded a bunch of areas out around here. But uh, overall, it's just more humid now. And yeah. And again, like you said, in a few weeks from now, you know, days are getting shorter. In a few weeks, we're going to be back into the cooler territory with jackets on and, and wishing it was hot, humid, and sweaty. Yeah. That's what I do every year. Complaining. I actually do like the fall, though. The fall is like, a, it, like I think... I think I'm in outdoor living because of fall, because that's when you that's when you really put the meat on the bones for your client. You know what I mean? Because yep. they get to use the fire features. You mean they're out because it's darker earlier too. Because you know, right now it don't get dark to like nine o'clock. Like yep. you mean then the 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 night lights come on and landscape lighting and everything. I think fall is when the outdoor living is really getting used more than anything else. Yeah, and oftentimes the bugs start coming down toward fall too, so people get outside a little bit more if they haven't you know created any provisions for that, but. No, it's awesome. And today, Dwayne and I were talking about what, what kind of idea can we bring to the table to talk to you guys about? And we thought back into our past and we thought, you know what? We want to talk today about the value of education, right? Does it make sense to invest a dollar in education for your business? Or does it make sense just to kind of learn out in the field and not really go much further than that when it comes to how you get information back? So the value of education and taking your business to the next level. So Dwayne, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, this is going to sound like I'm college bashing, and I'm really not, because like two of my children, one child has already graduated, I got one child in now, and and for the most part, I see his career path doing very well because of college and education. I didn't go, actually, I took a couple of courses, but I didn't go. But what I'm seeing is, and I hear this from a lot of people, is that when a college student graduates, especially in our field, they go to four years of college, get all this education, and then they come out and they get a job. And they have to be taught how to do their job. Yeah. So it's like, so why the did they go to college again to have to come out and get a job and be taught? And then I noticed that a lot of companies are reluctant to hire these brand new designers that are coming out from college because they're claiming they don't know anything. I don't get it. So why the fuck did they go to school for four years, $100,000 in, in the industry that they want to do? But when they get out, they're like, they don't know what's going on. I don't understand what is... Why are people going through that? I don't understand it. Yeah, and trust me, dude, I'm bored with you there. And I see and hear a lot of them that are come out and they might have the 
cognitive skills and understand the book smarts of things and understand how lay out a design, some of the philosophy, these different things. But when it comes to the ground level, installing pavers, installing different materials, installing these different structures, understanding how things are built, only the things you can learn on site with your hands, that's where a lot of times they lack, right? So they know it philosophically, but they don't know it physically. Does that make sense? Yeah, but isn't that what matters? Yeah, it really is. I know a lot of colleges or even a lot of students, they do internships when they're during the summer and during whatever. So they have the actual physical skills, understanding how to do this, to work with a crew, to understand how to install these things, what tools are needed, how it works, how to run a machine, these kinds of things, as opposed to just understanding it from a more up-down view as opposed to being in it, right? Because that's, that's how you and I went through it, right? I'm a farm boy from Pennsylvania. You know, I grew up in a family business and I used to work on farms and baling hay in the hottest, hottest August you ever knew, you know what I mean? Up in the Mao at 115 degrees and you just worked all day long. I'd get paid 20 bucks a day if I was lucky. And I was happy for that because when I worked with a family business, I never got paid, right? It wasn't the thing. Everybody worked together and we all did, we all didn't go without, but we didn't get an actual salary from that. So this was a great opportunity. So to, to take all of that and come into, you know, the fact that when I went to school, high school, elementary school, I was never much of a school person. Like I never liked that crap. Like to sit in classrooms was just boring as hell. I had too much energy. I had too many things I wanted to do that wasn't school related. You know, my grades, they uh, they reflected that too. I did well here and there, but I sucked at a few things, actually more than a few things when I come to school. And I remember clearly a teacher, Mrs. Snyder, in my English class, she, uh, I don't know what grade I was in, probably eighth or ninth grade at that time, maybe even 10th, I don't even know, but she was looking at my grades. We had a conversation about them and she's like, you know, Josh, it's going to be tough for you to get through this class. And uh, I said, well, do you have anything around here you need fixed? She's like, well, yeah, some of my shelves here and this one cupboard isn't, aren't working right. I said, how about I fix those and we'll see if you can help me out my grade. And she's like, you know what? I know you're not going to college for English, so <laughs> let's make a deal here. So we ended up doing, I fixed her stuff and you know, I got through that class and and that worked out well. And same with chemistry. I couldn't believe it. Chemistry, seriously, that's not my strong suit at all. It was some part of a college prep system I was in. And chemistry came through and a teacher looked at me. He's like, dude, you're never going to be a chemist. I'm like, I don't plan on being a chemist. I have no interest in it. So I don't know how through doing, I had to do a report and I did something on plants at that time because of the garden center. And the next thing you know, my 49% grade point average passed me because he didn't want to see me again. <laughs> he was like, that's enough of that. I know you're not going to end up becoming a chemist. So those are the kinds, that's my kind of my background. I was never much at the education side of things. I wanted to build stuff. I learned best by my fingers and my hands getting involved. So when I did eventually go to school for architecture, mechanical drafting, it was, I brought to the table a different skill set than others did when I learned that functionality later, the actual laying it out and communicating the ideas and, and dimensions and, and all of these kinds of things and different cuts and things like that so that you can see how to build it. I understood it from the factor of actually building things because I built things with my father and my family all my life. Like we were all builders. So that was the best part about it. So to go then into a class where we had 40 other students in there and probably 38 of them never swung a hammer, they could understand it philosophically. But when it came to actually physically doing it, that's where they fell apart. Right. And that's, you know, to our, our conversation here, it's more about that. Does it make sense to invest in a lot of education? Well, it really depends on how you learn. Let's be honest here. If you're someone who needs to put your hands on it like myself, then probably learning in the field is going to be your best bet. You might be able to read some books, go to seminars, these kinds of things, understand some baselines, but think about the actual implementation of education because education is great. But if you don't do something with it physically, what the hell did you do it for? Just so yeah. you can sound smart on Jeopardy? I mean, that's bullshit. You need something you can actually land it on the ground and run with it. Well, I think that's what a lot of people are doing is like some of them are saying, like, I have some friends and 
if they listen to the podcast, you're like, Dwayne's an asshole. But I have some friends who think their kids are fucking like, they think their kids are like these Einsteins. And I'm like, you're not a fucking Einstein. And your kid's probably not going to be one either. So just let their asses go to school and get some education and be done with it. You mean, stop trying to make it sound like that they're going to be the super special, super, they're going to do what you do. You mean, and maybe a little bit of their environment. So if you really want your kids to be Einsteins, you probably need to get them the hell away from you, <laughs> your family, <laughs> <laughs> put them in an environment where Einsteins are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. understand how this shit works. Like, you're not, they're going to list, they're going to follow you. So you can't say that you're, they're going to be these great, you know, thing and you're working at McDonald's. No, nah, bro, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. You can always hope, right? <laughs> yeah, you can hope. But uh, one of the things that I do see is it's almost like formal school is is like babysitting. Like it does well at babysitting your kids while you can go to work. Yeah. So like, listen here, I love America for that. Like they force your kids to go to school. At least your little asses can go here where I can go to work and pay the bills and you don't tear up the house because summertime, you fuck up the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like my son fucks up this house during the summertime. So when he's at school, I'm cool with him. And, and we get the same reports every single year. He doesn't pay attention. He doesn't listen. He's like, Dad, it's always the teacher. Every year, it's the teacher's fault. And then the bad <laughs> part about it is when we go to parent-teacher conference and they start talking shit about him, I'm like, damn, that's the same shit they said about me. <laughs> <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it, Dwayne? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I'm in it, but you know, here's the thing. If you take my son and if he wants something, he's 14. If he wants something from any store, any place, anything, he'll pick up the phone, call the manager, call the management team, call whatever. They get what he has to do. Mm-hmm. I bought him a table from Ikea. And you know how Ikea is. Par- Actually, you have Ikea everything, so you mm-hmm. know how that shit is. Yep. Ikea parts everywhere. He came upstairs and he's frustrated. He's like, Dad, it's a whole bunch of stuff. And at the time, like, I think I had a couple drinks. And I'm like, I'm not doing this tonight, but I'll wake up and get it done. But I walked downstairs and get parts everywhere. And I went to bed <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's going to lose all those parts. I paid a ton of money for that. So I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I went down there, and I was going to put it together, and it was put together. Oh, wow. He's sleeping. I'm looking at him like, did this kid just really do that? And he's like, he was 13 at the time. Like, did he just really do? I'm staring at him. I'm staring at them. I'm staring at him. I'm like, whoa, this dude's a, a freaking genius. You give him a computer. He can tear it apart, tear it down, do what he needs to do. So school, to, the only problem is it's a little frustrating because they're weighing him and rating him on the intelligence of their level. That's really nonsense. Mm-hmm. But he's so much smarter and brighter than any of that stuff at the school. So the question is, is education on that level really, really important? And this is where we can get to meet the podcast. When we were to Tony Robbins UPW, Tony Robbins would basically break down and say, you need to know everything about everything that you're doing. So if you're a business owner, you got to know about finances. You got to know about this. got to know about that. You got to know about all this information. And when you're new to business, I don't know if you did, but when I was new to business and somebody would say that to me, I'd turn off the book and I would have shut off that class and got the hell up out of that classroom because that scared the hell out of me to think I need to learn all that. But one of the things that Tony Robbins had added to is, is that we're in the greatest time of mankind right now, like the very greatest man time. Hell, Agreed. you can hop on a podcast called The Outer Spaces and you can learn how to eat, sleep, breathe. You can learn to love yourself. You can learn how to use the cuss words, you mean, especially fucking shit all in the right <laughs> sentence. I mean, you can learn all that just by listening to us. And there's hundreds of thousands of different podcasts from here. And then you can hop on YouTube and learn some information from there. So any subject of anything that you need to learn is now out here at your fingertips. But what's happening to is, and the reason why this podcast was so dope today, I don't think a lot of people realize that because they're still caught 
in the old framework of thinking they need to get this formal style of education to be something. Now, granted, if you, the jobs have to wake up though. Like the jobs got to wake up and stop just taking resumes from XYZ college and start taking resumes from the person over here who knows way more than XYZ from college. So the jobs have to start waking up too. Like you guys got to stop being so backwards and, and closed minded about this, but there's more education on the street right now than there is in any school. And you're wasting tons and tons of money. No, I absolutely agree, man. And again, depending on how you learn, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, go to school. That's like a, a no-brainer, right? That kind of stuff needs to be taught in college setting. But when it comes to a lot of the trades, we talked about that before, about the trades and why they're dying. And it's because the drive to use your hands is becoming more focused on technology, right? How can you make technology better? How can you implement and integrate technology? Which is great, but there still has to be the person who puts the pavers in the ground, who plants the plants, who figures out the lighting transform, like all of this and the wiring involved. So there's so much of that out there. And some people like us are wired to be able to do those things and learn better from our fingers working than just looking at it philosophically in a book. I know when I first started out growing up in the hills of Pennsylvania, we didn't have a whole lot of connection with a lot of the rest of the world. And we lived on the farm and perfectly happy with that. My closest neighbor was a couple hundred feet away, which isn't too far, but we didn't have friends close by. They were older. They didn't have kids. And, you know, I was the first on the bus at the beginning of the day and the last off. It was 45 minutes for me either way to school. We were like one of the last stops in the entire thing. So we were way the hell out there, which I've always been more of an introvert anyway. I prefer to kind of think and work with some people at times and then back out and just refocus and then go back into it. That's just how I'm wired. But I know in the beginning when I first met my wife, she's a chiropractor and she used to go to seminars a lot. And those seminars were a lot of philosophical seminars about living your best life and how the power within the body, the immune system, and how strong and how amazing it is to be able to keep us healthy all the time. And as long as we treat it well, it treats us well for the most part, right? So there's a lot of that involved. But going to those seminars in the beginning, she's like, you want to come along with me to these seminars? And I'm like, the hell, they're not part of my industry. I'm like, I grew up in a garden center. I come from farmland. Like, why the hell would I be talking about something like that? Like, that doesn't interest me at all. So I said, you know, again, when you're first dating, you're like, I'll do anything once, right? So we went to a couple of different seminars and I'm like, wow, if I just listen to these people and, and listen to their passion, that's what I kept feeling is this passion that comes from so anxious, so excited to serve humanity, to raise humanity up by healthier immune systems and all this. And I'm like, holy crap, there's just, all you have to do is replace a few words in there. And the next thing you know, it's exactly what we're doing by serving people with building outdoor living spaces and all this. So there was a lot of similarities as long as I could filter the information coming in through that education source and just build it, kind of frame it into my world so that it became kind of translated into what I had understood, what I could understand. And guys, this is well back before YouTube was even a word, right? This is years and years ago. And I went to a lot of seminars before that too that were industry specific, but most of the time they weren't driven by passion. I'm sorry, but this industry can be boring as fuck when it comes to all these details and all of the biological names and the Latin this and then like, oh my God, just shoot me. You know what I mean? Sometimes this stuff is crazy. So what it lacked for me was the passion side and the chiropractor side of things was just all about passion, at least the group that uh, we were part of. So I was like, holy moly, there's something here. And that really resonated a lot with me in my soul, this whole passion side of things and, and doing what you truly love to do and, and what you were put on this earth to do and to be able to serve people at the highest level from the best spot inside your heart. So anyway, and again, books and all things like that, you just keep reading them. But before YouTube and all this, we actually had to go to events and we had to pick them. And sometimes they sucked and sometimes they were awesome. Right. And it's just constantly going in and trying it. I mean, like, you know what? The last time this worked, this time let's go in there and see who else is speaking. Let's get this done. Take a weekend, go do this thing. So that's a very popular way back in the old days. And some of you old cats listen, get it. Some of you new guys are like, well, I could just turn on YouTube or I could just put on this podcast and listen. We didn't have that shit before. So we had to do it the old school way. 
Yeah. But what you were gaining by that too is you're gaining that proximity. Yeah. So the education was strong, but it's also that proximity too. And I think that's where there is some upside about college is because while you're there and you're in this formal training, you're inside a proximity of other people with this, those same interests as you. Mm -hmm. But the only problem is a lot of those people, they're trying to learn it and they don't know it. Like, I mean, like I went uh, golfing, like um, was it last week? I went golfing with a, a group of serious pilot, a plane owner. So these expensive, really nice, dope airplanes that I want to buy. And up until that time, I really didn't see a path to pulling it off. I'm like, it was just like, oh, dude, I want one, but I don't know how we're going to do it. But after talking to them, like, oh, wow, okay. Now it's like, it's still a lot of money. It still scares the living shit out of me thinking about it. But they're like, oh, okay, I got a path now because I was around somebody with proximity. And I think that's the same way with those education sources is that mm -hmm. you guys are going to those events. I mean, if you really scrub back through your brain, you were looking at speakers, but you're also around their proximity. You mean uh, some great, I bet you got some dope ass friends in that group too. Dude, I'm telling you, I felt like a fish out of water, especially the first few, because I've never been around doctors before, right? I've never been around people that own two, three, four houses and fancy cars and all this kind of stuff. Like that whole level just didn't exist to me in the farmlands of Pennsylvania. So I, I'll never forget one of the first events I went to, we were invited to Sarasota, Florida from Pennsylvania to stay at the Ritz Carlton because that's where they were having an event. I'm like, holy shit, that's like where the rich people go. I'm like, oh my God, I, like, I walk in feeling like a complete imposter trying to be cool, being like, oh my God, looking around at all this stuff. I'm like, this is like what you see in the movies. I can't believe this is real. I had to touch myself a few times in my arm like, dude, this is, you're actually here. You know what I mean? And it was an amazing event and I learned a lot, but you're right, proximity there. I started seeing what success could look like. And it wasn't a bunch of old people with lots of money trying to figure out how to screw the other guy. It was all about how can we serve more passionately? How can we serve more purely? That is what their center was about. They just happened to be chiropractors, right? So I said, man, how can I take something like that from that industry and bring it into ours? That's what we're missing in our industry. We're missing the passion, the drive, the purity. It's more about talking about bushes and petunias and this kind of crap, which drives me nuts, right? I, I wanted to be around people that were passionate about life. And these people were on fucking fire. I'm like, I need to figure out the recipe <laughs> for that. And I need to get it into my life more. And just being around them proximity again, really started to bring that to my attention. Like that is possible, dude. These people, I listened to their stories. A lot of them were no different than me when I first got into this. I was like, holy crap, if that's possible, if they can do it, why can't I? And now 18 years later, I'm sitting back saying, man, how many other people can I help see that light too? Because it's so much better on this side when you're leading with passion and purity of soul. It is amazing what you can accomplish in life. You know what I mean? And that's, again, back to that proximity is just so important. If, if you want to stay small, stay around people that are just like you right now. And if you want to grow, you're going to have to get yourself around people that are going the direction you want to go or already have been where you want to go. That's how you're going to get their hell of a lot faster. That's how you're going to believe it's possible for you. Not something you just see on TV for someone else. That's how you're going to realize. Because once you realize their stories are probably not a whole lot different than yours. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, when you said about going to the Ritz-Carlton, there's a song that Kanye West says. I don't know if a lot of people even know it, but uh, he even understand what he said. But he said, Pastor Fasasi. And like Fasasi is not a word. But what happens is he goes into this restaurant. And none of the shit on the menu, he understands. So he's like, fuck it, just pass the Fasasi, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> yeah, I'll take two of them. <laughs> I took my, my, my daughter's boyfriend, we took her out to eat last week. And we took, we actually, uh, the Fogo de Chayo, remember the one you and mm -hmm. I went to, we came yeah. here, we took him there. And he sat there and he's just looking like, 
Like, bro, just go up there and get some food. He's like, bro, I don't know what's up. Like, bro, just get up <laughs> and go up there. But once he realized what it was about, he was like, bring all that shit. Oh, he was man. like, bring the chicken, bring the chicken breast. Bring... Like, we were in tears. And he has not stopped talking about this restaurant. Even if you maybe... But you know what, though? That was the proximity, though. So now yeah. I know his brain is charged because my daughter said he talked about that place for a whole week. So now his brain is charged because now what he's doing in his mind is he's figuring out what it takes to go back there again. Because yep. even so, he said, what's up, shorty? How come we not eating like this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Get the meat sweats weekly, right? <laughs> yeah, like, what's up, shorty? We got to go back to this. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. But, you know, you are so, so right. And that's why when you're around those type of people that you look, you look at, I don't know if we will consider look up to, I respect. I don't know if I consider look up to them. People I respect, I'm like, damn, I like that. I want to do that. I want to do that. You mean, like I said, my biggest thing is I want to know what they're reading. Yep. I want to know what education level they got to get. Because like I said, most of, most of them have taken the prerequisites to college. Like I said, they've taken those little basics and then they've had to get around people. Like in order to be like a great politician, you got to be around other politicians. In order to be a great doctor, that's why they make the doctors go to work with other doctors for years before they let them go. Same way with being a pilot. I got to sit in that plane with my flight instructor and learn and learn and learn. He just th imagine, think about that. Think about if flight training was, okay, day one, you're going to hop in that plane, strap on your seatbelt, hit the gas and go and fly on your own and figure that shit on your own. Imagine yeah. how fucked up that would be. And you know, a lot of us are living life like that. A lot of contractors are doing business like that. They're not getting that type of education because they don't see the world keeps preaching this formal education. So nobody really pays attention to say, hey man, let me learn over there. Let me pop this video on. Let me hop into uh, Yes Express and learn how to sell. Let me get design mastery, learn how to get some design work. You I mean, because look at those students who's gone through those courses. Like look at those sales students who's gone through the Yes Express sales course. I mean, I was one of the first students and I've been selling my ass off. Like yeah. I tell more, like you should, I keep teasing you say, don't call it Yes Express, call it No Express. Because I tell everybody, no, if you don't fit the criteria, no, boom, get out. I mean, the design school, I'm watching all these guys, they're designing their asses. Even if they didn't know how to design, they now understand how important it is. So they're all paying attention to it. So their designs are getting better and better and better. Look at Romero. Yeah. I mean, he had like, he's going to kill me when he looks, Romero had some garbage <laughs> at the beginning. Like he had Good some brother. <laughs> What's going on, bro? I'm not dogging you, but he had some bullshit <laughs> in the beginning. But look at his stuff yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah. proud of it. He's showing, he was always proud of what he was doing anyway. But now it's becoming amazing because he took a course. Yeah. He took a course. He yeah. took a course that was directed to him. And then we also had a course that can help the contractor man, yeah. not the guy who was selling, even not the banker or not this person. We actually have a system in a course. Matter of fact, it just hit me. Now the words are coming out and saying it. Things about how powerful that is to even have something to teach a contractor. Because when I was a contractor, it wasn't shit. There was yeah. vendor coin associates and yeah. they were, I didn't have the bread to talk to them, but they didn't have that type of interaction like we did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hired Vander Koy and Jerry Gata came out and I saw Charles speak and very passionate guys and really enjoyed their philosophy and utilized that, uh, that multiple overhead recovery system for many years in my old business. It was very powerful. But again, that was something I had to invest in. It cost me a couple thousand bucks, whatever to go to there, plus the software. Plus we even brought Jerry out. He flew out and stayed with us for a day or two went through the business. And I do that every couple of years. I bring consultants into my business now just to look for my blind spots. What am I missing? How can I be more efficient? These kinds of things. This is not a cost to business. This is an investment in your future. That's how I look at it. And as I've come along further and further, 
you know, Dwayne, it's about mirroring and watching. What are the successful people that you know or that you see or have contact with? What are they doing, right? And there's one big thing that I see. There are actually a couple of things. I want to share a few here. One is they're constantly educating themselves. They never feel like they know everything. They feel like they're in a constant state of learning, right? Right now they're where they are, but in the future they're going to be much further. And to your point earlier, what books are they reading? What kind of problems are they solving and how are they solving them? Because I might not have those problems now, but I want to learn how they solve problems because you know, once you learn a certain technique of solving problems, most problems can be solved through that technique, right? So let's create a little system on how to do that. Another thing I saw them doing, and the majority of them doing, is they were spending more time in a week working on their business instead of in their business. And dude, when I was learning this and it became clear to me this was the case and this was some of their, this is one of the big keys to their success, I was thinking, how the fuck am I going to get the time? I'm out in the field six days a week drawing at night, just trying to get this working, you know, keep this machine running to keep paying the bills and all this, keep the employees coming in, making all the truck payments and paying all my vendors on time. And how the fuck am I going to find time to work on my business now? I mean, man, I barely have enough energy at the end of the night to even talk to my kids. Like, how am I going to find time on top of that to work on it? So I realized, you know, I might not know now how to do that, but I need to figure out how that's going to be. And it took time, dude. It was not an overnight, you know, hey, look, I took a course. I watched a seminar, I read a book and I snapped my fingers. And then all of a sudden, boom, I have all this time I can now devote to working on my business. It didn't, wasn't like that at all. But I realized that was my target. That was my goal. That was my destination was to get to that idea where I could spend a majority of my time in a week working on the business, not in it. And when I say on the business, I mean, how are we thinking up as your role as the CEO, as the owner of the business? It shouldn't be out there swinging hammers and all that kind of stuff. We all start that way. I started that way too. Most businesses get stuck there, right? And that's just what it is. And it's only because of the mindset of the owner. I was the same way. I had the opportunity seeing other outside of the industry professionals and how they work to say, you know, there is the possibility. I believe it's possible. I don't know how yet, but I know why. Why is because I want to grow this business. I want to serve more people. I want to do the best work I can possibly do. My team can possibly manage. The only way that happens, the why is, the only way that happens is to get me out of my fucking way and get the people in there that do it better than me to be able to do this and put them and let them shine, right? But it was, again, it wasn't an overnight thing where I'm just like Tuesday to a Wednesday, just flip the switch, right? It took time. It took years of trying to figure out how do I multiply myself? How do I get myself out of here and have someone else take over these pieces? And if it means enough to you, you will figure out a way to do it. And it's not all that difficult to do. And like we've talked in other podcasts about creating lists of things that you do each day, then figure out putting them in boxes and starting to hand them off day after day to other people. And eventually your majority of your time is now open to working on that business. So you can become the captain of the ship, not the guy in the kitchen making the dinners. You know what I mean? So once you become the captain, what you're doing is you're not better than anybody else in the team. Not at all. You're exactly the same as them. You just have a different role. And as your role develops, you have to develop. Your mindset has to develop. All of this has to keep constantly developing. If that's not the game for you and you're happy just kind of hitting a line and towing it for the rest of your life until you're 65 and you want to retire at that point, hopefully there's enough money to do that, that's fine. If that's not for you, shut this podcast off, keep moving forward. Keep doing your thing. I'm not here to judge that. But if you want more out of life and you want to get as much as you can possibly get, then you have to realize that you got to replace yourself out there and you got to become the captain of the ship that's looking out at the distance, looking for waves, looking for lighthouses, looking for this kind of thing and seeing what's coming, economic trends, what's in your market, what does your ideal client want? What do they not want that they wanted last year, but now they all of a sudden have their eyes fixated on this year. 
When you start making that your number one priority, how your customer experience is, how do we make that better every single day? When that becomes your main focus in business, that's when you're going to launch. That's when you're going to have everything you ever dreamed of because now you're finally in a position to really drive this entire business forward. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I do, you're talking about the CEO spot. One of the things that I actually do this a lot, I'd say maybe once a month or I look and say, are you the type, do you have what it takes to CEO a General Motors or I mean, one of those Boeings or one of those large companies? I mean, I ask myself, do I have what it takes? And as of right now, no. But what I am knowing is that I can go get that knowledge and obtain that knowledge. Like, you know, you're talking about how long it's taken you and I to figure out, especially you got there fast, you figured it out. But if your father, uncle, cousin, or somebody in your close proximity was a CEO of a General Motors or things like that, and you worked alongside of them, you would been there in half the time. You mean, no doubt. Because you would have saw and educated yourself. Here's back to the word education. You would have saw and educated yourself in the ways and the direction that they know how that they've learned from somebody else. Like the person who's running General Motors didn't just wake up one day and now they're the CEO of General Motors. Like they had to learn and educate themselves and they were probably led by the hand. You mean by somebody else, like, you know, like Tim Cook, who's heading up Apple. You I mean, he worked alongside with uh, jobs, hand in hand, learning every step of the way. Now he's running one of the most financial based company in the United States or in the world. You know what I mean? It's a hundred million dollars or something like that. It's something ridiculous or a couple billion. I think they had in the bank at one billion or they had in the bank at one time. It was insane. And now he's the boss of that. Imagine that. And he's making these massive decisions on a by second basis. I mean, that's based on education. That's based on what he's reading. It's not based on just going to college. Yeah, there's no doubt a lot of that's in the trenches he's going to learn. Plus, he has, I'm sure, one hell of an advisory board that sees, you know, a lot of stuff. Because you, as one man in a company that size, you can't be doing it all yourself, of course. you got to have people that are watching every piece. They report up, and eventually you get the pieces that you need to put it together. But getting back to it, you know, it's about working on that business and not in it. And I know that sounds foreign to a lot of you guys listening, especially startups. I've started many businesses, and in the beginning, it is nothing but horsepower to lift that rocket off the ground, right? And it's all your time just to keep the wheels on it, if you will. But if you start out your business thinking that you're going to dedicate 25 plus percent of your time in the working on part, and maybe in the beginning, it's 75% that you're working in, at least you're growing. Most put 99 to 100% in the in part and not on the on part right? They're not working on their business. So they just get it going. And pretty soon it just kind of does its own thing. And it kind of pulls itself in its own direction. And they're just going along with it. I like jumping on a bottle rocket, lighting it and seeing where the hell it goes, right? So if you want to have more control over where that goes, you need to start working on your business as you move forward and surrounding yourself with people that are already doing what you want. You know, I've been very blessed to have some incredible coaches and mentors throughout my career. And every time I start something new, I look for a good coach or a mentor to get me there faster. Like for instance, right now, you know, for the last four years, I've been training for American Ninja Warrior and I've been, you know, training a lot. And then I kind of tapered off here in the last few months, but I don't know if I'm losing interest in it as much or I'm just looking for something new. But in that four years, I had a great coach and a great group of human beings to work with and traveled across the country competing and was blessed enough to be able to uh, test obstacles on the show before they shot and did that a couple times around the country. And it was a lot of fun, man. I really, really enjoyed it. I've never been much of the athlete in school. Hell, I was in the marching band. I mean, God, guys laugh a little bit. Go ahead. I played the saxophone. But anyway, point is that uh, that was never my thing, right? And so this is like a whole different world for me to get in there. And I'm like, I've never done that before. So why the fuck not go wide open at it? So we did and had a great time. But now, to be quite honest with you, I'm thinking I, I'm interested in learning how to box. 
So right now I'm in the mode looking for a good boxing coach or mentor that I can work with that can start me out from ground zero. I've never boxed in my life. I want to learn how to do it right. I want to learn how to do it well, but I'm not just going to go out there and get a bag and beat the shit out of it. Uh, I'm not just going to go to some amateur thing and kind of show up and keep my fingers crossed. I'm going to start looking for that person that's going to be able to, at least for now, get me started right? And someone who has some depth and some distance that can take me for a ride and show me how to do it properly and keep my head in the game, my soul in the game as well. And because I don't know what I need to be in order to become that person who can box. But right now I know I don't possess it. And I'm excited about what that means in the future. But I'm going to find that coach and a mentor first, and then I'm going to work my way into it. Even if it's not the perfect coach for my entire career, God knows how long that career will be. It might be one lesson. I might, be, I might go in there one time, be like, this is not for me. And then I might go in there and say, this is the best thing I've ever found. So I don't know that yet, but I know that I need to find someone to help me get through that faster so that I can get to the goal faster. Well, let me help you find a coach. You ask the guy a whole bunch of questions, and if he can answer them in a very timely manner, <laughs> he's a really good coach. <laughs> Still he's got his marbles, you, right? <laughs> he's going to teach you how not to get fucked up. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Dodge and weave. Weave. Yeah, Don't get yeah. hit in the head. You take too many blows in the head, bro. Like, you're going to be, what, what'd you say, Dwayne? Like, this podcast is going to take like 10 hours and shit. Like, Josh, I said the. That's all I said. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can keep that one. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll keep yeah. flying. I'll yeah, keep flying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a new horizon. It's something I've never done before. And I'm like, you know what? This is how I do everything. I go after it and grab a coach and go. You know what I mean? And, you know, in sports, it's very common to do it that way. But in business, not so much. We yeah. feel like we're pioneers. We've got to be lone wolves or those, you know, lone cowboys out west where you got to start your own ranch and find your own damn water hole and build your own cabin and go find your own animals. Like, that's not how it has to be anymore. You can do things much faster by finding somebody who's already been there. And yeah, you're probably going to pay them, but damn, it's going to be worth it. it. Every coach I've ever hired has been worth every penny. Even if they weren't the perfect person, they taught you a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have noticed or seen without that perspective, that different perspective. So that's always been a huge thing for me in, in order to speed it up. And, you know, something that they've taught me over the years, my coaches have taught me is that, you know, oftentimes as humans, we try to avoid problems and discomfort any way we possibly can, right? We're always trying to avoid it. Like we can avoid this and we can be comfortable, be happier, this kind of thing. And if you have a whole life of avoiding conflict, avoiding pain and avoiding being uncomfortable, you're wasting a hell of a lot of mind power and energy on that. Instead of learning how to be a master problem solver, if you can train your mind to just build the confidence that no matter what's thrown at you, you will figure it out. Once you have that confidence, dude, there's like nothing can stop you. You're not worried about anything anymore. You're not worried about whether you're going to be uncomfortable. You're not worried about whether you're going to fail because you don't give a shit. You don't, you don't even know what failure is. Failure is just one way that didn't work. It's not like you fail. It doesn't mean you personally are a failure. It just means that's one way that didn't solve a problem. So go back and do it again and again and again and again until you hit it. But if you have a coach in your team, you can be like, hey, I hit it this way. It didn't work. What do you think? And good coaches aren't going to just give you the biscuit. They're not just going to give you the answer. Try it this way. They're going to teach you how to figure it out on your own. Build that problem solving skill. So when it comes time for you to figure it out on your own, you don't have to pick up the phone anymore. You can yeah. just do it and you can teach somebody else how to do it. You got to learn how to learn the right questions. Like um, I have a, my cousin, uh, not my cousin, he's actually, yeah. How, what would he be to me? He is my uncle's son. What is that? That makes him my cousin? I think so. He's just older. Or is, or is it a nephew? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's my uncle's son. So that makes him older than me. His name is Dwight. He's, um, I think he's a nephew though. Yeah. I don't know his age. So I don't want to say it on here because he listened to me like, dude, you got my age wrong. But um, Dwight and 
when I was younger, I met him like at 16. We had some issues. Like my uncle actually died in a Bermuda Triangle as a pilot. And that was his oh, dad, wow. believe it or not. Yeah. So there's a big thing about me flying in the family because of that. The whole family lost contact with their family. But when I was around 16, we had all met and we reunited. I didn't know who he was. So I united with him. My mom reunited with them and the family. But And he was a businessman. And so at the time at 16, I really wasn't, I wanted to do business, but I would always call him up. And in the beginning, Dwight was very short with me. And I never took it in a bad way. I was just happy that this, I saw him as this rich dude. I was just happy that he would pick up the phone. And I knew the only reason why he was picking up the phone talking to me is because I was his nephew or whatever the hell, cousin. I think, I don't know what we are, but. <laughs> We're going to look that up after this. <laughs> he's just an older cat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, look, so he would just pick up the phone. And so, but I knew over time as I was progressing, I would still pick up the phone and like, and you could tell sometimes he'd get frustrated. I'm like, damn, like, someone's like, dude, you are still at this point because he's already so far out yeah. and I'm asking questions on this little shit. But I know recently now we talk and he drops fucking bombs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I made sure that when we went to go drop Angelica off this weekend in Atlanta, I made sure we all met up and had dinner. Mm -hmm. And this time it was even more doper because now my brain is here. The business is here. And the whole conversation was sort of like, ah, it was like that respect. Like he was sort of looking, I was looking at him like, yeah, I learned this shit, bro. You know what I mean? I was listening. You know, I was starting looking at him like I'm listening. Yep. And he's looking at me like, damn, this dude was listening. So even when it comes time to paying the bill, the bill comes down and he, I drop my shit out. He's like, I can pay the bill now. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. like, oh, I'll pay the bill. I said, no, I said, at least do half. I said, at least put my on there and do half. He said, well, it's not right if I do half. Well, so here's the deal. Then put your card back in the thing and I'll pay the whole goddamn bill. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. at that moment, it's like, yeah, bro. And really is what you like. I even thanked him because really a lot of the stuff, the internal businesses and things like that, I've been calling him for years mm -hmm. for, you mean, 15 years. And a lot of shit, like I said, I didn't even know what I was talking about, but he would never like just give it to me. Like it was just sort of short. Sort of mean sometimes, but sort of stern. And I had to research it on my own, find it on my own, build it on my own. And then the bars were set really high. So like, you got to keep learning this. You got to keep learning this because now you got to elevate to the bar to get these things right. So the conversation to him and I had, it was really dope to have this weekend because like, even though I'm not there, even compared to him yet, I'm still not there, but the path looks really good now. You know what I mean? Like the path is good and the questions and the stuff that we talk about, it's now relatable. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, so it's pretty dude. dope. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you'd be able to see that in yourself, the growth from where you were when you originally started having conversation to where you are now, that's already a gigantic leap. You know, to be able to see that stake in the sand, if you would, and you put it in years ago, and now you're looking back at it like, holy crap, I came a long distance. Yeah. I came way. a really long distance. And, you know, that's interesting because when I talk to my, again, multiple coaches, sometimes I have five or six going at, at a certain time. And my life coach, he, Keith, he's an awesome guy. And, you know, he asked me you know, what's going on, but he always, I, and I ask him a question, he never directly gives me an answer. He asks me more questions, so I give myself the answer. And that's the sign of a good coach. Somebody who has you figured out, like I said, it's, it's a way that's the, you can build those skills and understand why, as opposed to just being given it each time. My sales coach is the same way. He always asks me questions, and I'm like, God damn it, Dan, can you just, just give me the fucking answer? I don't got time for this shit. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he just waits, and I'm like, fuck, I got to figure it out myself. But Thank God they do it that way. Thank God they do it that way because it's so important for you to figure it out because when it's yours, you own it. When someone tells it to you, it goes in one ear and out the other. But when it's yours, it, you want it. And that's the cool part about working with our sales 
role play when we do that live is that when it becomes yours, when we fine tune the about me section and it becomes yours and you're telling your passion about your business and why, what makes you different and how you solve people's problems and we get really nitty gritty about it. You can hear the passion, student voices coming through and their businesses are now personified, you know, and it's really so beautiful to see that happening, but they own it at that point. You know, they own the script, they own the entire feeling. So it's not a sales thing anymore. It's a communication tool and they're passionate about it too, which makes it really fun. Because I know at a certain point in, in business, I was thinking, you know, I want to grow my business. This is probably about seven, eight, maybe even nine years ago. I was like, I want to grow my business, but I you know, have certain monies that I pay for out for advertising. I have certain monies I pay for marketing and obviously the advertising side and all these other things in business. And I'm thinking like, all right, well, I've got all these leads coming in. What if... What if, if I had, I'm just going to use a number to make it simple here. If I had a hundred leads coming in a year and I could just close like, I don't know, say I was closing 60 of those hundred now, let's say 60%. If I could just close 70%, how much more money could we make without spending a dollar more on advertising? How much more could we make? If the average project was, again, keeping it really simple here, $10,000, let's say, it's a hell of a lot more money, isn't it? Think about it. And I'm not putting any more money into advertising. It's not like you got to put the more in the advertising to get more leads. No, I'm just being more efficient with what I have coming in. Right. And then we think about, all right, good. I got those leads. That's great. But now how do we make sure they turn into projects? How do we have a system laid out that we both benefit from client and us that we can almost guarantee a 90% closure rate just by having a phone call? 20-minute phone call with a client before I spend all this time driving out there. And we cover quite a big territory. We're up to two hours door-to-door from, that's what we do here at Master Plan. So with that being the case, you know, that could be half a day lost if we get there and a client decides that they're just eh, not interested or just talk to three other people and the guy didn't charge for design and we do. Make sure that shit's off the table before we get there or their budget wasn't right after we talk budgets. I want to make sure we had that on a phone call. So we had to come up with a way to do that so we could make sure our time was best invested in building our business not just sitting in the truck driving back and forth to all kinds of estimates and these kinds of things. So it was really important to think about how can we better work internally in the business to close more of those projects, or I like to say open the doors, right? It's closed, just an old sales term, but open those doors, help people buy. We don't sell anything. We help people buy. We communicate. So how do we do that? And we did exactly that, right? Created systems process. I hired a sales coach. He came you know, on board and we started talking about how to take those systems that we have in place and make them better and better and better and better. And man, within a year, it flipped. I mean, we were incredibly higher. Let's put it this way. We're up to close to 90% close rates. And I was like, holy crap. I don't have a dollar more, Dwayne, in advertising. It was that we were closing more of the people. And on the front lines, we were communicating better through website, social media, that the right people were coming through the channel. So we were closing better people, you know, more of our ideal clients that we can add the most value to. We were doing it cheaper because we were having a better conversation with those clients. The right people, the right conversation equals the right result. So Again, that's just education. I actually went to a seminar and watched somebody talk about this. And it was actually one of Tony Robbins. It was Business Mastery. And he talks about the 10% rule where if you can just increase your closing rate by 10%, increase increase your per ticket by 10%, and increase the frequency by 10%, you don't just make 30% more. You make a geometric jump in different percentages. It's much higher than the 30. So you start doing that on bigger and bigger and bigger numbers. It just becomes massive. And you don't have to spend more money to do that. You just have to be better at what you're already doing and mine more gold within your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. It's incredible. It's incredible. incredible. It actually flipped my business for sure, for no doubt. So that was kind of like the basis, the genesis of Yes Express. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute here, If, if we can do this, 
why couldn't I teach other people to do this? This is something that is, has eluded me for most of my career, but now we figured it out. And that's when I asked you, I was like, hey, dude, you want to learn how to sell stuff? And you're like, dude, I'm a car salesman. Of course I can fucking sell. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And you're like, all right, cool. And next thing you know, I see you explode. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is really cool. Let's get this out to the rest of the industry. Nobody else is talking about this stuff. Yeah, because it's not, I don't even know if you call it selling. Like, uh, like it is, but it comes back to the, getting that education. It is. I'd even love to have a topic on talking about, you mean, not really the sales part of it, but we should have a topic so we could talk about working on those infrastructures inside the business. Because that's been the key thing. Not, nothing like from my business struggling to where it is now, nothing really changed. The leads still come in, but it's the business now knows how to operate itself a lot better. Yeah. Like their systems pass onto this system, click a button, go to this system, go to this system. And now there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that I don't even touch anymore. You know what I mean? I wake up in the morning and boop, there's a payment. You know what I mean? Or boop, something's over here. Like it's all moving now without me. And I'm just keeping the wheels spinning. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That's the like secret. Like the crews, man. I don't go out to job sites much anymore. Maybe once a week. They're happy to see me. Like yeah. when I go out there and I'll, I'll bring them stuff, but they're like, damn, where have you been all week? Like I've been trying to find your next job, next job, next job, next job. So yep. just knock this one out and do the best job you possibly can so we can get the next one. You know what I mean? So you don't Absolutely. want me out here every day. <laughs> exactly. Nor do I want to be driving all over the place either. Yeah, I got shit to do. I mean, so many of these different sales techniques that are out there, they're all these get rich quick bullshit, right? Like you're going to do these three things and people are just going to bring a checkbook and say, just fill in the blank. Doesn't fucking happen. That's bullshit. Anybody that tells you that's lying to you. All you need to do is think about how to better communicate with your clients. We're not the only you know boat out there. There's plenty of others out there that can teach you as well. You just need to get something. Read books about sales. Understand what you can do to make that better for you and your company. Go to seminars, YouTube, all those places. Just learn stuff. I mean, we've got a bunch of freebies on our website, yes.express. You can go on there, download some freebies, and get you started. If you need anything, reach out to us. But you know, we have the program we can teach you, or you can find it some. You can find other things to learn to help you out. Anything's going to help you out at this point. And that's really what it is. Because I didn't know any of this stuff when I first started. I didn't have any idea this was out there. I got a farm boy from Pennsylvania. I'm like, what the hell do I know about this stuff? It was hand to mouth. That's just what it was. And I'm like, but I want more out of life. I want to be able to take three, four week vacations with my family and not think about it. I want to be able to, you know, to live in the home of my dreams. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. All money does is it gives you more options and more choices. That's just what it is. So the question is, you know, how many choices do you want to have? How many options do you want to be able to consider at a time? It's really up to you. But, you know, anybody that's trying to teach you the, the things you're going to just do these three things, you're going to get this result like instantly. That's not the thing. Everything takes time. To be a pilot, it takes so many hours of, of logging time and constantly studying and all that. To be anything good in life, even if you're going to play an instrument or you're going to play a certain sport, you know, the old adage is 10,000 hours of sweat to get to a point where you can be considered more of a master, right? 10,000 hours. No one skips that. No one skips that. So when it comes to sales, when it comes to business, all of that still pertains to that 10,000 hour rule. Anybody that you think just woke up one morning and was naturally gifted in business is bullshit. Okay, there's very, very few people on the planet that ever just did that. That doesn't happen. What happens is they work their ass off. You just don't see it. When the kids were out playing, you know, whatever, their little iPhone games and crap like gaming consoles, this other guy was reading books or he was watching information about business or about techniques and selling or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, this kid's 14 years old and he's so good at this. You wonder why. 
right? Because he's already started to put in his 10,000 hours and the other kids were fucking off and he was actually getting something done. So, you know, again, it's not 100% of the time, but well over 90% of the time, that's how it works. So guys, unless you were born gifted that way, you're going to have to work for it just like I've worked for it and just like Dwayne's worked for it. So don't be afraid to put the sweat equity in as long as you can figure out a strong enough why, it'll pull you through those dark nights. It'll pull you through that, that, you know, inevitable failure you're going to have. But if you reword that failure into learning, always thinking you're learning, not failing, but you're learning, then dude, there's nothing to lose. You only have upside. Yeah. And I'll just drop everybody on this. The education's out there. Look at specific classes, look at YouTube, look at books like every day, every day, you should be constantly trying to put some information into your brain. And something else that I've learned about your brain, you can't fill it up. At least I haven't yet. I, you cannot fill it up. Like, I'm so amazed at how much information I can feed this brain. I, I can clutter it, but I'll just still keep cluttering. And eventually it works when I need it, but you can't fill it up. Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's YouTube, there's audiobooks, there's, you can have books on your iPad. You can pull up cert. I noticed Josh looks at a lot of different magazines and information from there. There is learning from everywhere. And like I said, from what Tony Robbins has said, you must learn it all. Learn it all. Learn the legal department. Learn the marketing department. Learn the sales department. Now, you don't have to be a master at it, but the information's out there to learn it. And the more you know, that is the difference between the dollars in your pocket and the dollars that are not. So don't hope for the rich, the, the big car, the big house, and all other stuff if you're not going to be willing to put in the effort for the education and get there. Because that's what it takes to get there, is learning. Spot on, dude. It's all about that. It's all about how much you're willing to put in because the more you put in, the more you can get out of it. It's just what it is. And again, unless you're going to hope for the lottery, this is what it's going to take. It's what it's going to take in business. Nobody skips past this part. And, you know, even if you're taking over a business that was, you know, say your father's or your grandfather's and you're coming through, every single generation has to reevaluate what market they're in, what they're selling, what their ideal clients want. So, you know, don't think that just because they were, you know, born the, the, in the lucky sperm club, but they got to pop up and jump into a business that was existing, that they have it easy. Because these guys and gals that are running big companies that are generational companies, they have to constantly be pivoting. I mean, everything is changing. If anybody's been alive the last two years, they can see how fast through COVID things have changed and how many businesses had to pivot. And if they didn't pivot, they died, right? It was that fast. So you've got to constantly be moving. So generational businesses, hats off, man. I know that it's no easy task to keep that going. You've got a bigger weight riding on your shoulders because you've got that family legacy to pull along as well. So it's, uh, I mean, we can go a lot of directions with this, Dwayne, but education is super important as it goes. Just remember, figure out, first of all, how you learn. If you're a book kind of person, then get books and start reading. If you're tactile and you like to get your hands dirty, then get the hell out there and do that. Or figure out some course you can take, you know, that's going to help you do that. And if you're looking for, you know, teaching yourself how to communicate better with your clients and being able to make the inner part of the business better by being able to close more of what's already coming in, then you can reach out to us or find somebody else that resonates better with you to teach you how to do that, right? We have a, a process that uh, works extremely well and it's uh, there's a lot of fun little functions in there that you're going to be able to find a lot of great information before you ever leave your office, but things like budget and hot buttons and life effects and all these great things that are going to really impact the way you communicate to your clients through the entire process. But again, the goal here is for you to constantly be educating. If you can live a life of curiosity, instead of a life of wanting more money or more things, but live a life of curiosity, those other things like money and things will show up. But if you just close off and say, I already know everything I need to know, then you're not going to be open to anything new. And if you aren't, the world's going to pass you fucking by. 